Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Jody, you uh, in Cleveland this week? I'm at the farm. Okay. So. Been here all week. Very cool. Very cool. I'm sorry. Where? At the farm. We built a, a farm? horse farm uh, two hours south of Cleveland during um, the pandemic, and it just got finished. So hanging out here. My family descended upon me about two o'clock. So uh, my nieces, I got them candy. So we have about 20 minutes for them to eat the candy <laughs> until they just sort of like. <laughs> the sugar will set in and then, uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Rob, where are you this fine Friday afternoon? Looks like you're, uh, I don't know where you are. Where are you? So Rich, we do the, uh, uh, while we're waiting for folks to join, the, the flashback machine, the Rich and Rob flashback machine, uh, you might recall several months ago a, a episode we had with Tim Duncan. Todd Duncan. Todd Duncan. Tim Duncan. Not Tim Duncan. Oh, NBA Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh, he's way better than Todd Duncan. Yeah, with, with Todd Duncan. And I was uh, filming from a quarry that was used to film Dirty Harry. Mm, okay. That was a trivia question. Remember that? I remember that. So you might recall Dirty Harry in the movie toward the end, the, the, the bad guy kidnaps a bunch of kids on the school bus and the school bus is passing under a train trestle and there's Dirty Harry standing there on top of the train trestle, you know, and the bad guy sees him up there. Well, behind me, we'll, we'll move the camera here a little bit. Yeah, that's the uh, that is the trestle that Clint Eastwood was standing on uh, as the school bus passed underneath it. It's a uh, obviously a drawbridge, but it's a uh, that's where I am. I'm I'm uh, back in Marin County, and that was uh, in Dirty Harry. The lengths you will go to for the show and our listeners, Rob, it's really admirable. Um, so it is. Uh, I did want to read uh, something from a loyal uh, fan. Before we get too far into it. And uh, uh, I get a lot of fan mail, by the way, Rich, and a lot of a lot of condemnation of of you and me, uh, which I'll save up and and read at some point. But this is from uh, attorney uh, Brian Levy, who wrote, every time I see a reminder of the rundown in my email, I keep seeing this baseball image of you and Rich tossing the conversation back and forth with some poor schmuck in the middle, racing back and forth to try to get in safely to a base. Other than a guy in the middle, I think it's a pretty accurate description of your conversation, except when you have a guest. So thank you, Brian. Well, thank you, Brian. Brian Levy, great blog. One of the best mortgage industry blogs uh, that I read religiously. Good guy. I met a couple of times. Real good guy. So I don't he, know if that he was tends, positive. He tends to, I don't know if that was positive show feedback. Uh, he drinks. Not, he drinks know. a little bit too much, but other than that, he's okay. <laughs> well, I, then, I feel like I I'm in the middle of home plate and third base, and you guys, I got me in a rundown. I, I don't know. Well, we should probably introduce our guest, uh, who may need no introduction because she's been on the show many times before, our good friend, fellow Clevelander, the president of Nationwide Mortgage Bankers, Jody Hall. Jody, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm sure it'll be fun. Always fast and furious. Jody will class it up a little and give us some good intel from a really 
smart and strong leader in our industry and no shortage of uh, things to get into this week. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, as hang all- on, Rich. Hang on. Hang on. Jody, nobody like the old capital markets guy, nobody, no capital markets person wants to be called fast and furious. Second of all, thank you. Thank you for being on here today, raising the collective IQ <laughs> of the uh, of the folks on the screen here. So I don't know. I don't know about that, but I will say, I think it it might be like the most positive day that I've joined the rundown or the last week in mortgages um, in, I don't know what, 18 months. So Jody is a co-host for a show, some horrific industry news releases within 24 hours of her appearance. So I was, was refreshing my browser shuddering uh, in the hours leading up to the show, Jody, but at least that I've seen no, no big news of, of notes. So, but there's 26 minutes for something to happen. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into it. And uh, I already see a lot of action in the chat. I'm going to punt on my Super Bowl prediction. I don't know why anybody would want any of my predictions, my recent one. But uh, yeah, I, I want, uh oh, oh boy. Speaking of bringing the IQ level down a notch, Tom Daly here and Angela Knightley. Speak for yourself, Tom, please. <laughs> if you want to throw down, I've got Jack Johnson and Tom O'Leary right here, Angela. I have more intelligence in my little pinky finger than you do in your entire body. Oh, well, agree to disagree. So All on right. that note. Hello, TMC family. We interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to bring you this wonderful news about Stay Classy with TMC in San Diego. We have some great speakers for you. One of them being Sandra Thompson, who will be um, interviewed by our very own Jody Hall. So she's with the FHFA, correct? I believe that's that new pickleball league everybody's talking about. Uh, no, Tom, but nope. she is the oh. director of the FHFA, yes. But no, no. Agree to disagree again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we also have Sam. Bell- we wanted to jump in. <laughs> Remind you all to to come join us. There's still time to register for for Stay Classy with TMC in in San Diego, great city. Gonna have a a fun opening (laughs) event. Anchorman, yacht rock themed. Apparently, there's this whole genre of music where you, you know, these these mustaches today. And apparently, it's it's for people who are boaters and they they just love it. So yes, it looks like Rob's already uh, prepared for it. You know, I came I came uh, this close recently to putting in uh, the explanation or the derivative of San Diego, however <laughs> it's pronounced, uh, from that movie in my commentary until I actually watched it. And I thought, I don't think I need that in my lead off. Well, I promise you, Rob, you're going to get great feedback from Brian Levy after this episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rob, at least we see you heated. We were getting a lot of negative feedback about the neckties you keep wearing. Uh, and I see you, you shed the necktie this week. So the feed, reader feedback, keep it coming. And our podcast listeners, if you ever need reason to join the live broadcast, our very own Tom Gallucci and Angie Scarfino just cut into the live feed in full Anchorman regalia, uh, you know, in part to promote our big conference coming up. Stay classy with TMC in San Diego. Just about a month away. So I'll take one of what Tom had to drink. Thank you. Scotch, <laughs> scotch, scotch. Yeah, it's a good call. He, uh, yeah, he knows what to drink. So, uh, 
right. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. And you guys are more than welcome to hang out, stay on, and uh, yeah, enjoy and, and be part of the fun today. And uh, we'll go ahead and actually get into some real, some real industry news now. And uh, I will get my girlfriend has threatened to disown me if I don't get the Christmas decorations down this weekend. So uh, all the commenters in the chat, uh, uh, rest easy. So, and Christmas is the season that extends all year, Rich. Don't give in. <laughs> Your mustache is crawling away. So <laughs> You need to have that mustache extend a little farther there, Tom. I'll work on my extensions before San Diego. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and get into it. And Rob, how can we not start the job? It is freezing outside. I'm looking at minus three real feel, the window behind me. It is freezing outside in America, but the jobs market is red hot. We've we've had a lot of good jobs numbers these last three or four, so the bar was high. This was, you could not have a better jobs report than we've had this morning. 517,000 new jobs versus expectations of about 200,000. Um, within that wage growth was muted uh 3.6% year over year it's you know a little higher than what the fed wants but very healthy and moderating um and uh, in addition to that another in economic indicator that came out this morning the ism index the manufacturing index in america also came in way stronger <laughs> and uh, <laughs> What's going on at the other? Remember where I am, Rich. We'll we'll swing this around a little bit. My last point before I get your opinion on this great job number, the 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 phrase I heard mentioned one of the analysts um, was labor hoarding. So uh, a lot of the business labor what labor hoarding with a D. Um, and you know, maybe some of the seasonal jobs that normally would be let go after the holidays, they were kept on business owners betting on the come from the economy to positive news. And, you know, one thing I've seen with my eyes historically over times in the financial markets is when business owners are betting on themselves in in the highly entrepreneurial America, typically a good sign of things to come. Your thoughts on the jobs report this morning. Yeah, once once again, we had a great jobs number. Once again, we've had great economic news. We've had we've had a string of inflation data that that's good. We've had a string of employment data that's good, but it's never enough. You know, it's never enough. There's always some there's always somebody who's trying to trying to prove their worth by picking apart the number and saying, "Well, what about this and what about that?" And oh, we need to wait until the March you know, Fed meeting to see what what's really on their mind and so forth. But really, the the economic data we've been getting, I think, continues to point to decent a, de- a decent economy. I mean, what what recession, right? Non farm payrolls being up over half a million, and so you know the the employment picture. We're not going to get any kind of recession until unemployment starts going up, and it's it's not going up. In fact, it's going in the opposite direction. So, uh, I think the you know granted the Fed was behind the eight ball behind behind the curve to a great degree, but I think the the Federal Reserve, in my in my opinion, has made up for it, uh, and so the economy continues to 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 move along and. Uh, uh, seems to be doing okay. I mean, 
what what more could we want right now? So rates are doing what they're doing. And I wanted to ask Jody, I, I know that a mortgage company, you know, mortgage companies aren't in business to predict the market and capital market staff are not there to predict interest rates. Are you, you know, in terms of the reaction at the mortgage company level to, to numbers like this, are you, have you seen as, as rates have come down a little bit and we continue to get decent economic news and rates are, rates have been waffling around at these levels for quite a while. Are you seeing an uptick in business and what kind of business, if you are seeing an uptick or, you know, the an increase in phones uh, ringing or, or emails, what kind of borrowers or what kind of clients are out there that might be uh, contributing to that uptick in business? Definitely have seen an increase in activity from credit pulls and applications. Um, I do think that especially the markets that we're in, we're still seeing a shortage of inventory. You know, the we have because home prices have come down slightly, you have that um, seller, the seller competitiveness that they want their house to sell at the same level that their neighbor's house sold for last year. And if if it's not bringing that, then they're backing out of the market. So I think that we still have an inventory problem. And I think that we'll continue to see that inventory problem exacerbated as rates go down. Because I do think that, you know, everyone is optimistic that interest rates are going to be in the low fives this year. And I think the low fives puts us in a really good place for an industry to be able to have an affordable mortgage. But not if we can find we can't find the inventory. So what my fear is is as interest rates continue to trickle down, then home prices start trickling back up as they've started to flatten out in some areas. I think that we'll see the the home values continue to go up, and so it's uh, catch twenty two. But what I what I will say probably the most optimistic. Thing about the fives is the mindset that it puts your our loan officers in. Uh, you know, we 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 saw almost uh, paralysis of being able to go out and sell, and because the sevens and the sixes were an excuse. Um, so I think that uh, the optimism of the sales force is going to take hold as we go into a spring uh, uh, purchase market. And uh, so I'm extremely optimistic that those credit pulls are going to turn into applications are going to turn into rate locks to the extent that we have inventory available. How, how do you, as a, as a manager, as a leader in the company, motivate that sales staff to actually pick up the phone. Recently, I published in my Saturday commentary a letter, very good letter from a loan officer, longtime loan officer named Hunter Marquardt on the West Coast. And Hunter, you know, continues to to beat the drum about get off your get off your butt, you know, make calls, go go visit realtors. The loan officers that I visited with in recent weeks, they're out there you know, visiting with realtors, they're, they're doing what they can. How do you personally get the sales staff to kind of, you know, make outgoing phone calls and and think about new ways of getting business? It's extremely difficult. And, uh, but what I think has happened over the last year too, is we've seen a little cleansing of the market. So we have some really good salespeople that are left in the market. And uh, so they are passionate 
they um, know their products. They are the ones that are left or the ones that, you know, know how to get business. Um, we've talked a lot this year about controlling what you can't control. Um, we can't control inventory. We can't control rates. But what we can control is our passion and our perseverance and um, our education on products so that we can then deliver that education to uh, realtors and referral partners. So it's about gaining confidence through the tools that are available. It's about a whole lot of communication. Loan officers do not like to join uh, virtual uh, trainings and meetings, but they're, they're listening now. Um, the other thing is, is we have to show in part of our focus, we have a virtual sales summit coming up on March 1st and 2nd for our sales team. And our uh, theme is unlock the power of you. And it's a lot about being able to brand yourself and to use marketing automation and bomb bomb and things that we had never thought of using. And I, it's like, I didn't even know what bomb bomb was. Um, I'm almost as old as uh, riches. So, um, <laughs> Uh, so we're strongly focused on uh, social media and marketing themselves and how to get the message out there with products and education. Um, and so, you know, again, you can only control what you can control. We can talk as much as we want to, but we really have to get people that were already motivated. We have to get them the tools and resources to get out there and do it themselves. So the, so the tagline is unlock the power of you. It is. I think, I think, Rich was telling me the other day that that Tom writes that, you know, he takes a shower and this mirror gets all steamy. And when he comes out of the shower, he writes, unlock the power of you uh, in his mirror. So that's that's a good that's a good. He steps out of the shower. With morning, robe. Use your robe as your cape. <laughs> Lush, there you go. Just hair and. I mean, two things, if I might, real quick. Sales call reluctance is very real. And it's a large part why we at TMC rolled out. Our sales call reluctance course is part of our TMCU educational offering to help support the loan officers of our members out there as they're having to get back to really patterning the pavement for originations. And one last thing, what is with this Jermaine Powell fellow? Does he not like jobs or, do, or does he just hate the mortgage industry? We, these rate increases. Rob, you know better than any of us. What, what's the deal? Well, can you can you say that, that was a Rich Serbinsky question there? Can you, can you sum it up in one question rather than a, a, a diatribe? <laughs> it's the only way I know. I you know it just the American public sees Fed rates increase constantly while these and fantastic job reports keep coming out, and it's trying to figure out what the equilibrium is out there. And, I know mortgage bankers would love to know where the light is at the end of the tunnel. I I would say we're at equilibrium. I think I think I mean this it's a simplistic view but the market is the market and where where rates are where rates are and there's a there's an active market in the treasury market there're buyers and sellers and, and supply and demand. I mean it's this whole I hate to get too Adam Smith here on on you but frankly rates are where they should be right now. Rates have been relatively stable for a while. I think people on the call know that the Federal Reserve does not set mortgage rates. It's, that's a factor of supply and demand. You've got non-QM out there. You've got various programs where companies are manufacturing these loans and figuring out where in the, in the capital markets, in the secondary market, 
what how to price those loans and what the rate should be. And so I'm a big believer in, in the free market and rates kind of are where they are. And in terms of an equilibrium, you know, I, I, I get a lot of loan officers emailing me asking, when are rates going to go back into the fours or the threes? And I tell them, you know, I don't, I personally don't think they are because what is it going to take to get rates through, you know, mortgage rates back in the threes. We don't want another pandemic and we don't want a depression or even a recession. And so rates are, as Jody points out, you know, rates in the, in the, you know, in the fives, not such a bad place to be. And I think that people, I think that borrowers become accustomed to rates at some level uh, after a while. And I think we're, I think loan officers are seeing that already. So I would say that we are at an equilibrium and, you know, you can't, I, I continue to make the point when I speak to audiences, especially of loan officers, and I tell them, look, borrowers are not paying you to predict interest rates. Borrowers are paying you to give them great programs and great service. And no loan officer out there is going to have a potential borrower come through the door and have that loan officer say, you know, my, uh, uh, I heard from this expert that rates are going to go down. So, Mr. and Mrs. Barr, why don't you come back in three months or six months um, when rates are lower and we'll, you know, we'll do something for you. The loan officer is going to do what they can to help them now. But I'm going to turn that back to Jody. Sure. Um, uh, How old was that woman? <laughs> pushing a baby um. <laughs> anyway jody so what i mean i would i would imagine and i'll get off my soapbox here a little bit but loan officers it's it's not they need to be aware of where rates are and what what is driving rates but it's at the end of the day they're back at their they're back at their desk trying to you know, trying to get business regardless of what where rates are. And I, I think rates are in pretty good place right now. Yeah. And the thing is, is we all were selling the same rates, right? So it's, they're not drastically different from one place to the other. So the competition is relatively close unless you're dealing with that one company of initials that does wholesale. Um, but, you know, so for the most part, rates are where they're at. And again, those loan officers who are skilled and have been in it for a long time, they're not, woe is me. They're out there trying to make it happen and at the rates that are given because they need to continue to have money. They need to continue to put money in their pockets and feed their families as well. So there's no delaying to the next, there's no delaying to the next month or to three months away when we lower. So I I have a, I Oh, I need to- another level of distraction uh, behind me. For those of you that didn't hear, I um, gave my nieces candy to try to keep them quiet. And I told Rich before the show started, we have about 20 minutes until they implode. They've imploded. They imploded at 19 minutes. So we're trying real hard here to keep the, the volume. Okay. Down. what? So if you have to jump, just, uh, you know, wave goodbye and log off. But I had, I had one question though, um, as uh, because you're in the trenches and the mortgage biz, and uh, we asked Kate this last week. I put her on the spot a little bit, but in terms of the the sleepy venue of the credit world, you know, normally you don't think a lot about credit, but 
you know, with Fair Isaac jacking the prices up and, and the bureaus and so forth, and then the credit reporting agencies having to pass those increases onto their clients. Have you changed your strategy in terms of having loan officers run a bunch of credit reports on each borrower or instructing them on what to do or what, how are you handling the, the cost increases in the credit world? Um, we had started to change the strategy last year with um, running prequal credit largely to be able to issue uh, prequal without having the trigger leads that are created by them. So we had started to make that shift and we see the importance of doing that today to help keep the cost down and try to weed out the borrowers who aren't going to qualify ahead of time. Um, also working on uh, entering a pilot with uh, Fannie and Freddie to be able to run AUS on prequal credit, which I think will be huge for the industry to be able to get those findings prior to doing a hard pull credit pull that puts an inquiry on the borrower's credit, impacts credit scores, and creates a trigger lead. So they start getting called off the hook by all of the trigger lead buyers out there. Um, and, you know, uh, just really flooding the market with confusion for the consumer. Um, so that strategy had already changed uh, prior to, it just will, uh, uh, prior to the increase, we saw 104% um, increase with one of our credit providers, 112% increase with another one of our credit providers. We went out, we vetted six credit vendors and we are in the process of changing credit vendors um, to be able to bring what that increase was going to be, bring that down, uh, bring that down further. Um, really pushing uh, FHFA threw it out there that Fannie and Freddie were going to be accepting two bureaus um, as opposed to tri-merge. If that happens this year, it's not going to be until the end of the year. So not going to see a relief from that perspective. But Kind of along those same lines, I've been on a rant uh, about the cost of verification of employment and um, the the number one verification of employment. We saw a huge increase. I think it was in 2021 was around 39. I think it was 39.95. We saw a big jump to 48.95 in the beginning of 2022, and we have another increase to 50 some dollars, 55 plus dollars. Per verification, and that's even the re-verification. So if you if you have the happy path, you have one borrower that had one job in the last two years, you verify twice, you're over $110 just to verify employment. That's far more than what we're paying for credit services. So we have been working hard to create that waterfall. And what does that waterfall look like to be able to drive down the cost of um, verifications uh, as well. So it's really tough to be an IMB today and try to drive down costs and keep keep the cost of a mortgage affordable. And it it requires a, I won't say, I was gonna swear. It requires a lot of work. Um, and because you we have you have to vet every single vendor and you have to come up with a strategy to be able to drive down those costs. So we're pushing towards trying to use true for at least 35% uh, of our verifications of employment, which is a borrower enabled verification of employment for a fraction of the cost where you get three you get the initial verification two re-verifications for one cost, waterfall that into a manual verification of employment. And then the third would will go to waterfall will go to the, the big one that we can't avoid, um, but are trying to avoid at all costs for the consumer. 
Yeah, we don't. Um, boy, you've raised a lot of issues there. One of which is we don't we don't swear on the show. We use terms like Molly Womp. Uh, and Jody's so, got children in the background, so she's she can't swear. Uh, <laughs> right, and I've got I've got elderly people <laughs> heading off to their boardwalk. This is a family there. show. It's a family show. So, <laughs> do you when you you mentioned that you're vetting a series of credit credit uh, uh, providers? Do you tell your existing provider, "Hey, this is what we're we're, we're doing," and sharpen your pencil? Yeah. So Rob, honestly, this has been my entire career. And um, for those of that are on the phone, they know I don't have time not to be transparent. Um, and I also think that it's fair, right? That, you know, people that we have been doing business with from a vendor perspective, um, I try to look at as our vendors as really our partners in the business. So I don't think it's fair not to tell your existing vendors if you're going to go to market to look for a better price to and ask them to ask them to also compete. Um, so yeah, we told them ahead of time. We've had some, we've had very candid conversations. I just had a call yesterday with a vendor that I have been with for, I don't know, in the teens of years um, that is that I, I can't, it, it's no longer about search customer service and functionality. You might have, you know, be on a different platform that allows me to do some of the things I want to. It's, it just comes down to dollars and cents. And I'm not saying that I won't be back in November, December, having to negotiate again. Um, uh, but it's what I have to do today, um, for the business and, you know, it, it's, it's no hard feelings. It, it is business. Right. You know, Jonathan Freed, I, I can't really see the notes, uh, but I did see this one that uh, for, a, for a car loan, the verification of employment is 15, 15 smackers, 15 ducats. And uh, compared to the prices that you were just mentioning, it's, that seems, seems more reasonable. I mean, heck, at some point, I would think that if prices go up far enough, it invites competition to come in and... Mm -hmm. Oh, Rob spot oh, I'm just balloon. doing a I want the, the background. Oh. <laughs> oh no 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 I, I wanted that. In fact, it's sure. Are these the dogs? Well, I, I see that private walkway. So people are arguing with the locals, but uh good opportunity to remind everybody. This is the rundown okay. Rich. I'm like, Rich Wibinski with the mortgage collaborative. That's okay. Uh, I'm just I'm just randomly talking to some local under a bridge uh and uh this week joined by the anchorman cast and the ceo of nationwide <laughs> mortgage bankers jody hall and i love being on this show and rich always gives me a promotion yeah you know you're not the ceo I'm you're the president. President. just the president well now you're the ceo <laughs> look at that see how that works but thank you the <laughs> There's all kinds. There's so much in the chat. I don't even know where to start. There's a good note from Brian Levy about a recent CFPB ruling that seems to not be in their favor as it relates to their fair lending enforcement. A note about a comment from the CEO of Equifax pretty much bragging about their pricing power on a verification of employment. Uh, the aforementioned note about car loan employment verification, same task, $15 versus Sounds like Jody's paying about, or was paying about $50 now and comments in the Q&A about the pricing methodology, Fannie Freddie, we beat that up. I, there's no way to, I don't think, put lipstick on 
on that one, right, Jody? Is there anything I'm missing there on the the Fannie Freddie price hits? Uh, the about the Fannie Freddie price hits. Have you looked at the different tiers where the price hits take? So. I don't understand. I feel like the message to be able to provide lending to an underserved community is completely the rug is pulled out from what the price hits are, because the higher the LTV goes, the greater the price hit until you get to a certain point that it comes back down because of the um, for mortgage insurance. The one I really can't figure out is DTI increases, there are price hits. And as FICO goes down, there are price hits. Where if you look at minority borrowers over the years, they have over a 40% DTI, they have less than a 680 FICO score, and they have higher LTV than the rest of the communities. But we want to serve an underserved community, but we're going to like pound the crap out of the interest rate for those borrowers. It's like, it's mind blowing to me. Um, I did want to say something about, I need that comment copied out of, um, from Equifax, uh, because I actually wrote to the FTC about fair trade and how they are having monopoly on the, the mortgage verification of employment is hurting the consumer. And so I need to take that and I'll re-up and say, Hey, did you get my note? Can you help us out here? (laughs) So Jody, uh, Thank you for uh, muting me. Whoever muted me, it's probably Amy or Rich. Uh, I last Saturday I had a my commentary had a letter, some letters from lenders about the inherent problems with the FHFA's changes to the grid. Um, I'll I'll send that to you. It's very. Thanks. I got a lot of good responses from that. Awesome. And it's, you know, it's more about understanding too. Like maybe it's good reason, but when you look at it on the surface, when you look at it on the surface, it seems counterintuitive to what they're trying to accomplish. But as Angela said previously, I have the opportunity to um, ask that question um, of Sandra Thompson at the Mortgage Collaborative uh, on the, I believe it's Monday, March the 6th guessing on what those dates are spot on brian levy's lashing out at the show or maybe he's lashing out at me anyway yeah that uh they don't let they don't give me control of rob's uh, mute button for good reason remember the uh the the guard dog at the uh at the uh little rock airport that was sniffing my luggage uh aggressively while we were on the show I remember the, that. Uh, I remember several drug dogs aggressively sniffing you over. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pattern. It's a pattern. I don't, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? You know. Anyway, they're <laughs> they're not. Uh, I guess the residents of the boardwalk here aren't appreciative of me broadcasting from this location. So <laughs> they don't seem happy. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, in your uh, I, I apologize. Apologize for the background noise there. You have a you tell them to there? talk to me, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rob, I got to give you credit. The one thing I had to mention inside the jobs report today, you always talk about the full, you know, the the restaurants and the airport park, hospitality and leisure added one hundred and twenty eight thousand jobs last month. That's almost as much as they were expecting nationally. And 
That is that is crazy to me. Um, also within that, um, professional services was also a huge spike up, like consulting and uh, things of that nature. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And of note, you you have I lost faith in Powell for like a month, and it does crack me up how he's trying to have all these tough talk with all these great economic numbers. It's it's really it's difficult for him to pull that off. But you never you never lost faith. And, uh, you know, you said we were probably not going to go into a recession. I Well, it can happen. It can happen. But but, you know, recession typically means lower rates and rates are, you know, to to, to Tom's comment earlier about equilibrium. I mean, we're kind of we're kind of treading water and rates feel pretty good. And Jody said, you know, rates are where they are and they're, you know, loan officers are, are need to you know, give a, give a nod to rates and know where they are and get on with their business, get on with their jobs. Look, in, help in my out. day, consumers got mortgage rates over 15% and they slept out overnight at the lender shop just to get that. They should be so lucky in this environment. And we did uh, roll out, it is worth noting because of the, the topic of sales call reluctance has become such a huge issue within our network. We had our vice president of uh, learning and development, Stacey Wider, develop a really phenomenal sales call reluctance course. If one of our uh, team members can maybe link that in the chat, uh, it is re- very relevant right now because we're starting to get to the point, Jody, to your point where the, you know, the... Uh, the situation is improving. Rates are starting to come down a little bit. We're starting to see more activity. And it is all the things that we've been talking about as leaders to our people these last couple of months. It's time to now go execute that because it's a better, not ideal, but a better business climate. Was that a question or is this co- we're waiting for Jody to unmute herself? I don't know. Yeah, I was. I, I, was, I, was, I heard a big thud and I was waiting for a, a, a big scream, uh, but it hasn't come yet. So maybe she knocked herself out. <laughs> I missed the question. That is not a laughing matter because uh, I know this, you know, horrendous, these horrific accidents keep happening to, to people. In fact, last year, the year before, I think somebody in our in our business, mortgage banking business, went out to walk his dog in Atlanta or someplace and, and slipped and uh, fell and hit his head and passed away. And then a week or two, I, I learned that somebody who was 43, oh. uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, that is a ring yeah. pop, not a pacifier. Okay. Well, we won't talk about this story, but uh, <laughs> had too much to drink and the same thing happened in her house and they found her like weeks later. It's like, anyway. We don't want to talk about slipping and, and uh, you know. Because Jody Hunt brings on some, uh, an adorable, uh, I'm assuming, niece of yours. Uh, this is Collins. Can you say hi? Hello. Nope. No. No, Collins. Look at that. It's going to be the next president of the United States. <laughs> He's terrible. Well, there's some on the, some on the call would think that uh, she should be president now. <laughs> Terrified of Tom's mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm terrified of Tom's mustache. All right. I think we're wrapping the show up, but when they start bringing the kids and, and elderly people, uh, in fact, here comes another one. I don't want to get yelled at. You have, Do you have like a whole film crew there that it's causing this much disruption? Well, there's, I'm on a boardwalk that sticks out into the San Francisco Bay in Marin County. And uh, the residents are very territorial about their boardwalk and who's on it. And I thought that there's a sign right above me. It says private walkway. I thought if I stopped here, it would be okay. But apparently 
just the fact that I'm on the walkway is a problem. So you would think Californians would be completely at peace with people taking videos and pictures of themselves by now, but evidently not. No. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Anything else we have before we take this, uh, this to the weekend, anything else anybody has any uh, anecdotes, weekend plans, anything in the chat uh, to, to take us home. TGIF performing jazz flute on uh, Saturday nights, the, uh, the local blues club. Jazz suit is for sissies, Tom. Hey, look, you're lucky there's a child on right now. Right. Tom, your 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 daily impersonation is pretty damn good. We're gonna have to you're you're working yourself in. You may have to be in this regalia the whole conference. Uh, you may have over. You may have uh, sold yourself too much here uh, this week on the rundown. Just Even with the James. James. next time. James Driscoll logs on like three minutes ago and wanted our take on the jobs report. James, it was a fantastic jobs report. Wages, wage growth is okay. Jobs number so anti-recessionary. It's not even funny. It was the uh, clip note. So, well, as always, thank you very much to our audience for joining us uh, every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern here on the rundown. Um, And uh, you can find this on YouTube, but an hour after the show ends, and on podcast where most of you listen and you podcast listeners, you missed some funny theatrics. We uh we only have a little over a month until the uh, event. Yeah, a little over a month, but a month away from uh TMC 29 days. Yep. <laughs> so stay classy, mortgage bankers. We'll see you in San Diego. Yes, and thanks for stopping by. Yeah, many Bye, stopping by and have a great weekend. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you guys next Friday. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.